What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I'm Getting There podcast. It's your host, Michael Booth, and I'm back once again. I'm here. It's, what is it, episode 96, dude? And it's, uh, it's May? It's May, dude? That's crazy. It's crazy. Things are just, things are moving. Like, last, we need, like, <laughs> You know, last last episode we talked to Serena about we need to slow down, dude. Dude, shit needs to slow down a little bit. Everything's moving a little too fast. Uh, anyways, I have a first time guest on the show today. Um, this this guy's somebody that I've just come to know uh, over time a little bit through the doing the Blue Lagoon comedy show uh, and being at the Blue Lagoon weekly and. And just I started following uh, Streetlight Records on on in social media. I think because of what I was seeing, like the posts, and I was just like, it, it just drawn me in. And and he runs that social media, and also he's a uh, journalist for Good Time Santa Cruz. Uh, it's just it's just an awesome guy, just like sharing the community of Santa Cruz and everything that's happening, and like the music scene, and just you know, and beyond that too. Uh, Matt Weir is on the podcast today, and yeah, we talk about the Blue Lagoon, we talk about records, we talk about just bands coming through, we talk about, he has some really awesome stories that he shares about just like uh, growing up in LA and and like the metal scene there and, and the punk scene there and like coming up here and then just kind of getting tapped into what's going on here and we talk about bands that are coming up and shows that we've been to both actually shows we both been to we didn't even i didn't even realize uh so that's kind of funny to know that we were just like both at these shows and could have been hanging out um and have technically gone to shows but uh yeah that's funny so go follow him on instagram at tales of the weird uh and he has some links in his bio as well and if you could do me a favor follow the podcast on instagram at i'm getting their pod all one word i will post and tag matt uh in the when i drop the episode and if you could hit the link in the bio on the Instagram and do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast if you're a listener so that you know when an episode drops every week. And there's links for all the different platforms there that the podcast is on. And if you happen to be listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, leave a review, rate the podcast. You know, I appreciate everybody that's been doing that, leaving feedback. You guys are awesome. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Matt. I guess so you could, I just wanted to start it by, like, just, like, uh, you know, getting to know you at the Blue Lagoon and stuff, and then just, like, seeing and realizing kind of how much you're, like, uh, outwardly trying to, you know, spread the word about the community and stuff. It's, like, super cool, man. <laughs> like, uh, like is that is that something that you always kind of wanted to do, or, like, how did you kind of... Like, what was the, what's the pathway to like doing that really? I don't know. I, I guess so. I mean, like, um, I grew up in Southern California originally. I grew up in this um, really affluent upper middle class uh, neighborhood called, or city called Santa Clarita. And for people, you know, watching or listening, it's where Magic Mountain is. That's, that's our go-to claim to fame. Six Flags <laughs> Magic Mountain, that's Santa Clarita. Um, and it was always really boring, <laughs> truthfully, growing up there. Um, it, the history of it used to be like a, a farmland, um, back when my mom first moved out there. And the only thing to do when she was a teenager was drive around and get high and do a bunch of drugs and get in trouble. And by <laughs> the time I was a teenager, 20 years later, there's nothing to do, but drive around and get high and get in a bunch of trouble with my friends. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we try to have like punk shows. Um, there was a, a old movie theater that um had shut down and they turned it into a, a club they called the dance club 2000 this is like 98 99 right when when 2000 okay. was a cool thing oh it's a hip new thing it's 2000 <laughs> yeah. um, and it would get shut down like on the weekly uh it just never never really lasted so um 
I guess just kind of growing up in like the punk scene and going to shows in Hollywood and stuff, I was always like, there's got to be more. There's got to be something else. And so we always just tried to do our own thing. I'd have my parents would go out of town and I'd have um, like punk rock potlucks. And like it was basically just a giant party where people would get trashed and we'd have food there and be like, it's a potluck. And, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> make flyers and stuff. And um, yeah, just trying to always promote my friends. I always grew up with a bunch of crazy artists and musicians and uh you know, I was like, people need to know about this. So I, I guess that's kind of like where it all started. Um, and then I came to Santa Cruz. Oh, originally in uh, 2002, I uh, went to the UCSC and uh, went there for a couple of years. I wasn't really, I was kind of aimless, didn't really know what I wanted to do. They were trying to force me to, to choose a major. And I, you know, I was, had no idea what I wanted to do. So um, yeah. my buddy Austin and I, we went around one day and he used to do this like spot on Hunter Thompson impression. And so he dressed up in the whole gear. He had the glasses and the cigarette holder. And uh, we took a tape recorder and we went around and we just interviewed random people all all day, the whole day. Like, hey, so what do you want to do? Why are you going to college? And most people, oh, my parents wanted me to go to college. You know, this is the thing to do. Yeah. Every once in a while, you'd have somebody that was like, oh, I, I really am interested in this or that or the other thing. Right. I want to be a biologist. All right, cool. But 90 percent of the people just they were there because they're supposed to be there. And I'll never forget this one guy. Um, he was like, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm here in college because I really want to. Uh, not be like my dad. He's like, my dad's a traveling salesman. He always told me, son, like, don't be a traveling salesman. You got to go to school, you know, do better than me. And we're like, oh, cool. Like, well, what are you studying? He's like, I'm studying music theory right now. He's like, I really want to, you know, write a bunch of music and be a composer. And we're like, oh, that's amazing stuff. So like, you know, what year are you? He's like, oh, I'm a senior. I'm going to be graduating soon. Oh, what are you going to do once you uh, graduate from UCSC? He's like, probably go back home and be a traveling salesman with my dad. And we just, my friend and I just lost it. We we're like, are you fucking kidding me? Right? Like, so I, I dropped out immediately <laughs> after that. I was like, I can't do the school thing right now. I've been doing school my whole life. Um, I moved back down to Southern California and uh, I was a body piercer for a couple of years and uh, did a bunch of random jobs, worked at like a Barnes and Noble and then figured, um, you know, I was almost done with my history degree. It was something I was really into and really interested in. Um, I always loved history. I love learning about American history in particular because there's so many things that we aren't taught in this country about our own. history. Oh, of course. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> like in high school, I was always that kid that was reading like Howard Zinn and listening to Noam Chomsky and like really diving deeper into things and like talking about. Um, you know, MK Ultra, like before, you know, anybody of my peer group knew what I was talking about, that that was this crazy conspiracy theorist. And I'm like, no, 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 this is documented shit. Trust me. Like, yeah. you just look into it, man. <laughs> Dive deep. And uh, so I ended up going back up, to, back up here. And uh, from there, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I got connected with the local community. Um, it was a little, the roundabout way of saying like, yeah, you know, I just started meeting people here in town and finding all the cool shit that was going on in Santa Cruz and being like, this is rad. I know red people and started doing that promotion thing again with just okay. So it's kind of like your own personal interest from your past of being connected. It seems like led to you kind of just searching that out on your own. And then you, once again, you're in a situation where you're like, other people should know about this stuff. Like I need to share it and involve other people. That's, that's so cool, dude. Like, uh, like, so that you, you come back to Santa Cruz, like, uh, you know, you said like you had f friends and stuff like involved in the community. Like where, like, is it you, like you're, cause you're obviously well connected to like the music stuff. Like mm -hmm. I know we've talked about that before too. Like, is that something from, you know, having friends like in the punk rock scene, you said in LA, like, is it, is that just like, I'm sure you're just connected like with people all over California at this point now, like over the course of your life, there's probably just so many like people and bands and like the waves of stuff, you know, that have come through, uh, like what is what is like some stuff right now that you're like really stoked on that's kind of happening or or like the like the bay like what's some like newer uh stuff i guess to like shout out for people um well yeah talking about music um a couple of weeks back i did this cover article for the good times about the local hardcore scene and um there's just a couple of bands that are happening right now uh drain scowl those are two big ones in town um street freak band is another one they're like a kind of like a skater uh punk band and they're a bunch of like high school kids one or two of the members are out of high school now but, but um like three of the members are high schoolers still and they're just they're killing it oh, they're shredding it up and uh but like you know drain and scowl they're they're making these like international waves right now um they're in Kerrang magazine yeah. over in the UK, they're they're huge in the hardcore scene. People from the east coast to the west coast of the United States. 
States know about these bands. Um, and that's that's something really that's exciting to, to be looking into and talking about. Um, they're part of what we call now the four or what they call, I should say, not we, but uh, the 40831 scene, which is, you know, San Jose and Santa Cruz kind of combining efforts. Um, and you got bands like Tsunami that are part of it or Gulch, um, who's mm-hmm. kind of like on their way out at the moment. They, they announced their last, you know, kind of final tours and shows. Um, and a lot of these bands actually share members, too, which I think is another reason that's making it um, such a popular thing at the moment and, and just blowing it up because you find out, oh, you know, the the drummer from uh, Drain, I'm sorry, the drummer from um, Gulch is also the singer for Drain, or you find out that the drummer for Scowl is also in Spy, which is an Oakland-based band. Um, mm-hmm. And they're just all, like, interconnected and interwoven. Um, so that's that's, like, really a cool thing right now. You know, in the Bay Area, I'm... I mean, it's always had such a deep and rich connection to um, the punk scene in California and to the metal scene. You know, we've got a lot of killer metal bands. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it it always comes in waves, like you said, up and down, it comes in waves. But, um, you know, I remember seeing you, um, you know, at the Blue Lagoon. I was like, okay, it's one of the comedians. And I started seeing you, recognizing you at these shows, too. I think I saw you at Scowl, right, or Terror, one of those, um, over at the, the Vets Hall. And, yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, people. <laughs> yeah, like I'm from I'm from uh, up north, like in Seattle. And there's a big there's a big like metal scene up mm. there. And I in high school and stuff would be going to like three or four shows a month if I could, you know, trying to like go with guys and drive up to Tacoma or Seattle to go to like these like tiny like you know just dark rooms where like you know we're all on the floor with the band while they're playing too you know like and and so like when i moved down here i felt like i had you know like i was like missing that and stuff and then i started getting like i had a friend who lives in chicago now but he you know he's uh uh he mentioned drain to me and scowled to me and said go check these guys out and then i saw the show and it was like last june that they had at that like parking lot where it was like you just paid like five bucks and it was just like this whole parking lot in san jose and there was like oh so dude, many people shit. you were there yeah oh i yeah. was there too that was fucking insane that was one of the coolest was... shows i've ever been to in my life like it was yeah. amazing dude <laughs> they had over two thousand paid people for that show over two thousand no people paid to get in that thing dude that, and i that, went right, to the I went to the pop-up beforehand too and like oh, yeah. met so that. many people there. Yeah. And right. there was a line forever just to get and I thought they were going to run out of stuff, but I still was able to get like uh like a drain shirt. I got his like a Zubaba t-shirt. Oh, yeah. And like then I went over and uh I think I got some more stuff at the show too cuz some people were still. But I was it was so sick cuz it was like uh you were just walking and you could like grab a beer from a guy just like with a cooler yeah. and like stand in the back and hang out or you could like go and get in this insane mosh pit that was happening in the front at one point <laughs> right people were just climbing like a, up on top of the trash cans you know and just the trash like, cans to the watch trees. It. yeah <laughs> <laughs> they were like hey you guys be cool to the space all right it's like dude yeah. crowd, like it's so many worse things could have happened it was pretty amazing you know and like then the, the cops like at the end of the night like came through and like fucking just shut it all down like thankfully right after gulch played you know but they had yeah. the fireworks go off somebody brought fireworks that night that was wild <laughs> it was, yeah it was one of the because i it, at first i was like this kind of feels like a festival almost <laughs> like a like a stage at a festival like that's how like the production felt you know because they had like a good like system for it and everything and like pa and all that stuff set up and yeah. it was and then you could see how many people were like piling on the stage at one point and it just looked like <laughs> at one point it just looked like uh what is that movie uh world war z where like people are just crawling on top of people yeah, like it was falling like, off <laughs> yeah it was like what the i was just i was looking around like this is so fucking awesome like like all the people that are here are definitely going to like remember this shit like this oh, is yeah. so so cool and that was like my introduction to like getting to see these bands like that was my first time seeing all those bands that played that day mm-hmm. and i was like holy shit and i went and then i you know was immediately like looking for you know other shows to go to and like you know searching them out and so like it's cool to like you're talking like to hear that like they're getting like the recognition that they're getting because i was like man these these guys are sick you know like this is like i feel like this is you know this isn't just like uh sometimes you know you go to you go to a gig and you're there and you feel like 
you feel like this is like bigger than what you're what you're even witnessing you right. know it's like uh like you i got to see um i don't know if you know you know white chapel yeah i'm assuming i got to see they were touring with chelsea grin and chelsea grin had a song where the lead singer in white chapel was on that song and he came out on stage at the end of the night and actually did it with them mm-hmm. and uh i happened to be talking to the guitarist from Chelsea Green on the side of the street at another show eating a hot dog. And he was told me that's the only time that they ever did that on that tour. Oh, and I was like, no way. Yeah. So it's like things like that, you know, like unique moments. It felt like one of those things. It was just like, this feels like super unique. Yeah. Like uh, it feels like a Phil, the singer for uh, White Chapel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, do you know Jesse? Jesse Kenneth Cotu Williams? He used to work at the Blue Lagoon. Um, he's a local musician. He's in this band called the Randy Savages. He's also in, uh, he plays in another band called Boston. Oh, wait, Arena. I, I think I know Jesse. I think I, yes. He used to have dreadlocks. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know who that is. Yes. I remember now. Yes. So him and I we're like best friends now. And, uh, before I like heard about him, a bunch of my friends knew him, but I never really met him. And then in 2013, we both, uh, roadied for this local band called uh, band of Vorks. And they actually got on tour. They had it was like a two and a half month tour with uh, Guar, um, Iron Reagan, and Whitechapel. And so we wow. like toured the entire country and a couple of uh, shows in Canada, which I didn't get to get into because I had a DUI on my record that time. So I was a felon in Canada. Um, mm. But little did they know, and I'm incriminating myself now, but it's been almost <laughs> maybe not long enough. But uh, I ended up, um, let's just say, carrying um, illegal. Uh, substances for the bands uh while they went into canada so they didn't have to cross the border with anything and i i took it to the next destination because that's what a good there you go. does. Um, <laughs> but yeah so white chapels they're super sick man great they're a really fun band and they were uh really interesting too because like you know they they like brought all their um like workout equipment on tour right so like i would be able to go and like work out a little bit with them or like the bass player at the time um i forget his name now oh he's he's ripped yeah that guy is huge yeah, yeah. They, they like a couple of them are yeah yeah and uh but is the bass player the guitar player was also um he was a barber and so like in atlanta at this place this venue um actually, i don't remember the name of it anymore but it's divided up into three stories it's in an old i think it was like an old cotton mill if i remember and the basement was called hell the middle one was purgatory and the top one was heaven and they'd throw different shows at this club right and three different levels mm-hmm. and uh, he gave me a haircut like in the parking lot you know because I, I was starting to get shaggy and i had short hair at the time and he's like yeah i'll buzz you up and i'm like fuck yeah all right dude <laughs> there you go <laughs> so random that's awesome <laughs> yeah that is that is like yeah <laughs> that's an awesome story though yeah it's, it's definitely something that's gonna stick with me and you know talking about like uh just knowing bands throughout california like because of that like I got to meet so many different people throughout the country that I still talk to now and different bands. And like, um, you know, a couple of the guys that are in uh, Iron Reagan are also municipal waste and they're coming to the catalyst soon in May. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them and, and hanging out for a little nice. bit. And hopefully um, I'm supposed to be driving back from LA from another show that day. So I hope I can catch them at night, but yeah, I was thinking about maybe going to that too. I saw that pop up and I was like, Oh shit. Municipal ways at the at the catalyst Dude. like that might be fun. And Spy's like, gonna <laughs> open up like you got to check it out just okay. for Spy alone. But um, you know they've also got Pig Destroyer and the Dwarves. Like it's a it's a pretty solid lineup for sure. Yeah, that sounds fun. Like I I think on the what is it on the 11th I'm going to the uh, Thy Art Is Murder and After the Burial show. Oh, nice. Uh, Where's that I'm at? Pretty at the catalyst. Oh, sick. I. I yeah. worked there and I don't even know about it. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I I was I saw it and was like. Because they're like, Thy Artist Murder is like one of those bands. Like I listen to, you know, all those like, the like that heavy kind of stuff. And, and and those guys, I feel like, are one of those ones I want to see before they're, they were like Carnifex to me. It was like yeah, one of those bands yeah. I have to see before they get like too, you know, too old or don't play anymore. Or like, you know, because I, like, I feel like bands like that put out four or five albums and it's like they don't it's they kind of dwindle or 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 they don't i don't know it's i feel like i'm uh playing that playing like that fast and hard and heavy yeah. for you can't do that for too long i don't know no way Maybe man it, it takes your the toll on the body for sure you know it takes a toll on people's voices it takes a toll on the body it takes a toll on the mentally yeah. man like doing that two and a half month tour like afterwards it was it's another experience coming back to real life you know and like 
I definitely continued going hard after that because I was like, I don't know how to relate to people now. Like, I'm just going to fucking drink, you know, and just do a bunch of drugs still because, like, this is what I've been doing the last couple of months. Um, but, yeah, man, Carnifex, I got to see them play at uh, the Norva. Was it the Norva? No, it was the Richmond. It was in Richmond. It was, uh, I think it was called, yeah, the Richmond Theater um, for nice. uh, one of the one of the before barbecues for Gore. They used to have these things called Gore barbecues, and they do this giant outdoor two day festival. Um, and it was at a lake, oh, wow. and they'd have a bunch of bands play, and they had you know food. And the MC was uh, this porn star, this Canadian porn star, Sam uh, Samantha Mack, who uh, was like super nice. And like her and I are still friends. Like we still talk once in a while online. And uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting, really, really weird, fun time. But um, they really liked me and Jesse Gordon uh, and their merch people. Um, Nicole Roberts is kind of like she's uh, married to the drummer Brad and she like sometimes will take over all of merch and kind of head that and just kind of manage everything. And she was like, yeah, if you guys want to come, like you guys have jobs with us, you know, and we're like, fuck yeah, we want to come out there. So <laughs> um, they'd have this thing called the before BQ at, uh, at this venue. And it was like, you know, another stacked lineup of, of metal bands and uh, got to see some really cool shows with that one too. Uh, yeah. It's, it's crazy with metal. Sometimes like you, the way that it feels like it's like, it doesn't, like uh, there are bands that I just like love and all, but you're able to go right and stand right in front of them yeah. and watch them and be like right here. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, I feel like it's one of those, it's almost like comedy's kind of like that in a way, almost like you can pay to go to a con, like pay to go to the improv and like sit right there and watch, you know, like a, a you know, somebody that you just like th have on this thing in your mind of being giant like pedestal otherworldly. Yeah. yeah. And that's like sometimes with the, like a, a metal band when you just like, like god these guys fucking are just so awesome and it's i guess it's the disconnect of like seeing like concert tickets for other things where they're like thousands of dollars to be that close mm -hmm. you know i guess that's the that's the juxtaposition it was where you can pay 12 dollars and see your favorite metal band of all time right in front of you and you can talk to them afterwards yeah which is just like i got to talk to eddie eddie hermita from suicide silence all shall perish like for like 15 minutes one time just because he was standing in the back of a show and I was like, Hey, are you the, and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, Oh dude. And then, then <laughs> I was just talking to him and then Ben Orem from all shall Paris walks over and I'm like, Oh my God. And I was just talking to both of them. I was like, what is happening right now? I like, and I was like 18. I was like, this is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like metal and rock music are like that. It's just this, it's like, it's just so accessible. Mm -hmm. Like the people it's, it just, I don't know. I guess it makes it, it makes it cool if you feel like you have a like a connection, like more of a connection, I guess. Totally, yeah, and that's one of the things that um, I really love about working at the Catalyst and the Blue Lagoon here in Santa Cruz is that um, they really are those types of venues. You know, like the Catalyst every once in a while will have like a larger than life artist. Um, you know, we've had like Snoop Dogg in the past, um, mm -hmm. but. I saw two chains there in a wheelchair a few years ago. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I totally remember that. The, it was a white wheelchair, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, and he had like a nurse. He had like a nurse pushing him, and yeah. he was just like in the chair like this. It was amazing. <laughs> but, you know, like places like that, like yeah, you you can like connect with the artist still and meet him. You know, especially at a place like the Blue, you know, or even uh, the Vets Hall, which I don't work at, but like it's you know there there's still those venues where you might not be exactly on the floor with them, but they're not like super high up. There's not a giant barricade. You're not, you know, like 50,000 people deep at some massive festival or anything, you know, like they're right there and they're playing for you. And yeah, you can, you know, maybe buy them a drink afterwards or hang out and talk, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's... or they'll scream the lyrics right in your face. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, it'll have, it'll be like, it'll mean more than like, like hearing the song is one thing Yeah. when you're like seeing the band live and the lead singer looks you right in the eyes <laughs> and screams like the you know like that shit you've been like or passes the mic in your to car you, you know it's like or, you could yeah I, yeah like, yeah. Fuck yeah you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah stuff like that is just is so cool like uh yeah it's and it's you know it's uh it's also cool too to see like uh that you you're part of the like the the record store and stuff and like have like I see like, you know, it's constantly popping up in my social media feed. And like, I, I had a buddy that, uh, when I was, it was actually when I was in college, I was like curious about 
maybe learning an instrument because I never took anything up in school growing up and like just always had an interest for it, you know, and like saw other friends playing and was like, man, I want to play. And like uh, he started giving me like bass lessons and stuff, but I would go over to his house and he didn't have like a TV or anything. He just had like a, like shelves of records and like a nice player and stuff. And like he it was like the first time I had ever like, you know, sat down and like listened to like a full record all the way through like that. Cause I'd never just had nobody else had ever, you know, shown me that or had that around. And I was like, yo, this is, this is dope. Like it's like you can, and there is something to it. Like people, uh, you know, people try to like talk down on it or whatever sometimes I think, but like there's a, I noticed in like, you know, 2000, like 12 or 13, maybe like started seeing like friends and other friends, like, you know, starting to like, collect and have like vinyl and stuff Mm -hmm. and i feel like like do you feel like that's like i feel like ever since then it's kind of becoming more it's kind of becoming but it's coming back oh yeah more of a it's more of a way regular thing that i feel like it's regular now kind of to have just people talk about it and like like are buying them and like uh i have a bunch of friends you know that just are constantly uh like getting the new the new thing that comes out, they choose to get it on vinyl instead of like a CD or something. I think it's like really cool. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, uh, first I, I want to say like, I'm glad to hear that it's popping up in your social media feeds because that means I'm doing my job correctly. Cause I always wonder about that. I'm like, uh, are people actually seeing this shit or what? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right, man. And like vinyl, especially, you know, LPs have been really coming back in the last like decade, the last 10 years, I'm going to say, um, I started Originally, I started collecting uh, when I was younger, actually. My dad had a collection and we had a TV in the bookshelf, but around it was all of his records. And so, like, I grew up listening to his vinyl. I grew up uh, looking at the album covers um, and he, you know, he was a boomer. So he was like a classic rock sort of guy, you know. So I, I'd open up like Eat a Peach by the Almond Brothers. And if you ever saw the inside cover of that, it's just this crazy psychedelic art, you know. And I was always mesmerized by that as a kid. Um, and just seeing like the, the intricacies of it and just like, you know, getting mm-hmm. so much more and then putting the record on and listening to it and playing it. Um, and so, you know, when I, my first record, I want to say my very first one actually was uh, uh, in God We Trust Incorporated by the Dead Kennedys, that EP. I picked it up um, at a record store nice. when we were doing a family vacation here in Northern California. I don't remember where I want to say maybe Berkeley area, but um, that was the first thing that I picked up. And uh, so I always was kind of collecting. Then I got the job at Streetlight back in November of 2009. And um, okay. so I've been there for a minute now. Uh, and it's, yeah, it, you know, at first, it, you know, vinyl really wasn't the thing. It was still CDs were the big thing. And then after a couple of years, I started noticing um, and we started talking about it. And, you know, Record Store Day became a thing that was a, a first came about in 2018 or I'm sorry, 2008. Um and so after a couple of years of record store day, it started just kind of picking up, you know, and I don't know if I would mm. say it's exactly record store day that did that, but it just, it really started coming back and doing this. Uh, it was a revolution. It really was. And like, yeah, the last couple of years, especially, I mean, vinyl's huge. Um, we're at a point where, um, I don't know, probably for probably since 2018 or 2019, uh, that's the biggest seller at streetlight records now is vinyl. It used to not be, you know, it was, oh, CDs wow. was the thing. And now vinyl's taken over. Um, it's to the point where record processing plants are backed up for you know a, a year or sometimes even more because you know the new Taylor Swift's coming out on vinyl, and so they're going to be trying to press that you know ahead of um, maybe some independent artists, which is the downfall. Mm-hmm. That's the flip side of that coin. You know, a, a lot of independent artists or independent labels are kind of getting shafted right now, and people that kind of help keep vinyl alive even during the downtime. But it's also amazing to see that, like you said, I mean, it's normal again, you know, like when yeah. I started out at the record store, it wasn't people are like, why do you listen to old records? Why do you listen to old media? And I was like, well, it's cool. And you get the art, you know, yeah. I mean, shut up, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is cool to get. That's, that's something that I've been realizing too. Like, as I go out there and like find like a, a new album that, you know, I wanted to get. And, and I get the, I've listened to it before, like electronically or like streamed it or whatever, but then you get the copy and you have it and it has, you know, like lyric sheet or it has like pictures of them playing. It has like, you, know, you flip it open, like you said, sometimes. And I have, 
I think it's uh, brain salad surgery by um, fucking Emerson Lake and Palmer. Yes. Yeah. And that is one of the coolest, like, like the way that it looks like a yeah. skull on the front, and you flip it open, and it's like, yeah, it's that, just the that like HR Geiger art. Yeah. I hadn't even I didn't even know Geiger. who Emerson Lake and Palmer were, and I was in the record store with the buddy, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and I opened it, and I was like, "This is so sick." I just kept closing it and opening it. I was like, "Whoa." Yeah. And he's like, "You should check them out. They're cool." I'm like, "Okay." And I went home and played it, and I was like, "Oh, this is a good album." Like, wow, and. So yeah, things like that. I'm sure that that's happening more and more to to people, and you know, and that's cre- like that creates. That also creates more like uh, collaboration with the you know with the project mm-hmm. in general. You know, oh, like yeah. uh, instead of just the musician pushing out the the music, there's like all of this just like presentation of it of the project and everything. You know, totally. Yeah, and and it's you know. It, one of uh one of my coworkers, he's like ah oh, like it's all gimmicks you know like it's a bunch of gimmicks like you know he collects for the music for the bands themselves but i love a good gimmick man like give me a gimmick and i'm super into it and like that might be corny that might be kitschy but like i just i think it's interesting you know so like um i think it was a uh, one of the um friday the 13th records that waxworks put out one of the soundtracks um it was clear and it had fake blood in it right so you could like move it around and these fake blood sloshing in it oh or, uh, nice <laughs> like jack white's like the king of gimmicks when it comes to records he put out this one solo album um i want to say it was his first one it might have been his second but uh you could play it depending on where you put the needle it would have a different intro so it would have an electric intro or an acoustic intro um and you never kind of really knew where you know you would start off because the the grooves are so the micro grooves are so small Mm -hmm. um or if you shined a light on it while it was playing a holographic image of an angel pops up if you shine it just right and you can see it spinning around and it's like oh it's cool stuff that you can't do with cds you know um there was one band that they uh it was this punk band a few years back which whose name escapes me but um their gimmick was that the it was uh all women and they like put their period blood in the pressing you know and you're just like that's so ridiculous but like fuck yeah i want to buy that you know like yeah. why would you not <laughs> yeah. want to buy that <laughs> you know so like i think it, yeah. i think it's just it's fun and it's interesting and it, it's like you said something you can't do with you know streaming obviously you, you know you can't do it with cds um it really is this unique medium and it's been around over 100 years you know like i mean records have been around since edison you know? yeah yeah, it's like the, it's like the OG format. Yeah, exactly. Like I think they, they had like there was something, but there was like a I don't know what it's called. I guess it was eight track where it's like the big disc. Uh, no, eight track was um was like a little cartridge that you'd plug in. Oh, okay. It was like a precursor to cassette. Um, they had ah. laser discs for movies. Laser discs. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. We have so those at Streetlight too. <laughs> nice, and that that's like that that seems like a, a an interesting like just blip on like the progress like it seems like we were moving at such a fast rate that like that came out and then immediately it was like this is better like yeah cd dvd is way better like let's let's scale that down well one, which is one thing we talk about ahead, like at the record store is just um how media really like the just chances right like you know, we have this like, concept of the multiverse now, right? And people are like really getting into string theory and, and different realities. Um, and really it comes down to like momentary choices, chances, and uh, obviously money and finances, right? But like Laserdisc, yeah, that was supposed to be the next big thing. That was going to be the huge thing for movies. And then more money kind of went towards DVD. They're smaller, like you said, a little more downscale. Plus um, there was just more backing for them i mean it's like kind of the difference Mm -hmm. between like beta and vhs you know like beta was actually better quality than vhs vhs is the inferior quality but beta was really expensive and vhs was at the time too but more companies were like okay we're gonna invest in vhs or like more recently there was the um hd uh dvds versus like the 4k you know and like the, the choices between those and uh it's it's really interesting um and we still get some of that older media like every once in a while we'll get a an hd dvd or you know or an hd um movie that's in like this red case instead of the blu-ray case 
you know oh, you're just like oh like this this was one of those moments that like we could have gone to this as a society but we ended up switching so there's this like multiverse of people out there that are probably still watching Laserdisc. you know they're like oh no who wants a small dvd like you get the whole movie on this sucker you know you got, yeah. gotta go and flip it but it's better it's a superior quality <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like a it's reminding me of a zune I was thinking of Zunes right now when we were talking, like you're like saying, like we could have been this way. It's like, yeah, Zune Zune could have been the thing. It was cool, but it's just a hot second. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was like it, it had some differences than than like your iPod did. But man, iPod was just like it just was it, the way they presented it and everything. It was just like yeah. it just seemed way cooler. Like if you even if I didn't even know the capabilities of one, but if I saw you with one and I was like, I don't know, dude. Zune man maybe like maybe like let me see this thing and i'd flip through and i'd be like oh this is actually sick wait this is cool wait this is actually really sick like you know like (laughs) have that marketing right that marketing is just (laughs) wild yeah where you're like you're like a fucking zune what yeah um i wanted to because you mentioned uh good times earlier and i just wanted to like like, is there, you know, is there some stuff? Like, I think we're coming up on May. Yeah, I think it's end of April here. Is there, like, some, you know, some, like, really cool, like, because I know you're you're probably tapped, you're in, you know, you're, we've been talking about how you've been tapped into the area and stuff. Like, is there some cool stuff, like, happening, you know, that you, like, to blast out on since, you know, so people can go check out in the next, like, month or so? Yeah, I mean, coming up in May, I, I wrote out uh, a little handy-dandy list because um, I always need lists. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you're talking about like live music, right? Like, uh, the blue lagoon has chased the monster, uh, the bog and rumble steel skin on, uh, May 6th, May 14th. There's a local punk band called the guts. Um, they're going to be playing. They're a really awesome band really good guys. Um, on the 19th is a fundraiser for Justin Cummings. He's on the city council right now and he's running for a third district supervisor. And so he's kind of like, he was the mayor during 2020. He really faced, um, you know, some of the hardest times that Santa Cruz has seen with the, yeah. the COVID and with um, the fire. And uh, yeah, there's a couple of punk bands. He's, you know, really into punk and metal music as well. There's a couple of punk bands that'll be playing through up front. Um, Enemy, my enemy, and uh, this newish kind of metal band, hard rock band called Chase the Monster. More more metal than hard rock. Um, okay. And then yeah, the Cattles, We already talked about uh, municipal waste um there is a show on the fourth uh it's prince daddy and the hyena which i was introduced to recently from a co-worker at the blue lagoon they're kind of like more like alt indie rock um but they have they range from like you know kind of harder punk type of stuff into again just kind of almost more like this indie rock vibe uh but really really interesting stuff um okay if you're into like hip-hop we got uh the boy over at the catalyst on the sixth um he's part of the sob rbe uh collective crew um there's also phony people which are kind of like they're a group from brooklyn and if you're into like 80s and 90s style hip-hop like they nail that sound like boom bap stuff yeah there's, there's some yeah. boom bap in there and there's it's, just, it's a different style of rapping it's you know and it's not a lot of um you know, it's not the mumble rap or like the Bay Area stuff that that we're used to right now. Um, and again, they're a collective too; they're a group. Uh, there's Planet Booty from San Francisco, which is always fun. Um, they're like a disco funk type of band, and uh, you know, all their songs are just over the top and about booty, and they sing about booty, <laughs> and the the lead singer shaking his booty, and it's they're they're just fun. They're a fun band. We had them at a the first time I saw them was SCMF in like 2013. I used to be part of that as well. And uh, I saw them. I was like, what the fuck is this? I turned to my friends <laughs> and they're just like, dude, it's Planet Booty. And I'm like, all right, sign me up. I'm into it. Um, I mean. <laughs> amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> something you might be into is uh, at Felton Music Hall in June, uh, June 17th, this band called uh, Blackwater Holy Light. Are you familiar with them? Mm-mm. Okay, so uh, – it's a four-piece all-girl band. They're on Writing Easy Records, and they do this kind of like blues stoner rock sound. Um, a lot of the bands, okay. if not most of the bands on Writing Easy are, are that. So it's a little bit of Black Sabbath in there, um, but, you know, a little more updated too, right? And, like, they're they're really killer. And when I was researching uh, upcoming shows, I saw that and was like, oh, fuck, like, sign me up, you know? Like, really great yeah, band. Yeah, this looks cool. Yeah. 
um it's weird too because like they're they put out an album like 2018 and haven't had any other music that i know have come out since then so i'm kind of hoping like maybe either this is going to kickstart them or maybe they have something coming out they haven't announced yet which would be pretty rad um nice and then Mo's alley um always is a great spot for music uh the new owners have really taken it up a notch and uh, they've got this one artist, um, Kate Clover, that's going to be playing on May 11th uh, with local acts, uh, Enemy My Enemy. And this is somebody I just discovered. Uh, she's from Los Angeles and she kind of has this like 80s new wave power pop type of sound. Like there's a little bit of X in there. There's a little bit of Blondie in there. There's a little bit of uh, this band called The Briefs that were around in like the early 2000s. Um, and it's it's just good, fun, poppier punk rock, but not pop punk. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's, it doesn't sound like you're some 41 or anything like that. Um, has a little more garage element to it. Um, and then uh, the 27th also, people should check out Mammatus and Harry and the Hitman. Two very different bands, but they're playing a show together at Moselle. Mammatus is this um, local... Stoner Doom Band, I'm going to say. They're a little more psych, uh, a little more on the, the heavy psych rock element. Sometimes some of their songs have uh, lyrics. Other ones are just kind of straight instrumental. But but they just are on a different level altogether. Um, oh, wow. I just looked them up. There's some like pretty cool artwork. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a lot of fun. They're really crazy. I'm trying to get them uh, at Streetlight Records. We've been doing these things called Live at the Light, where we're having these live in stores, and I'm live streaming them, and then we put the video up oh, as well. Wow. Um, we Hell just yeah. had one today with a, uh, an artist named Sam Stokes from Los Angeles, and she's a singer-songwriter with her guitar. But for some of the heavier acts, we've been doing um, outside in the Felix Culpa Art Gallery. And so uh, we've had Seized Up play there. We've had Mondo Chaga, who's another band uh, I think you would be into if you don't know Mondo Chaga. They're a, a two-piece, sometimes three-piece band that does like heavier psych uh, blues metal as well. Um, okay. But yeah, Mammatus is in that same band. I'm trying to get them to play. And they agreed to. I just, I need to get back to them. I'm, I'm going to say that right now. I'm the one who's dropped <laughs> the ball on that. And I will have them at uh, the first Copa Live at the Light as well. And then Harry and the Hitman, they're like, um, you know, I, I should have like looked it up just as a refresher. I remember them kind of being more of a punk ska type of band, but I could be wrong in that. Um, I probably should have again looked it up beforehand, but but they're also they're another good local band who's been around. Uh, I mean, for years now, Harry and the Hitman's been around uh, almost. I mean, I I remember them when I first started, you know, going to shows at the Crate Place when I moved up here. So nice. Ska is some of the funnest music to like be at a festival and just be like walking by a stage and you just the ska bands playing. You like I, it's like the. Every time I've been like stoked or gone and like just started dancing, like it's just been seeing like a, like I'm walking by and I'm like, oh shit, who's this? I'm like, I don't even know. I'm like, okay, let's check it out. And it's just, it's good vibes, dude. Like yeah. sometimes, sometimes it just hits just right. <laughs> right. And yeah, I'm actually, I'm rocking my Ska Dream uh, t shirt right uh, now from Jeff Rosenstock. Nice. Um, he's an artist who played, uh, bomb, he had bombed the music industry, does his own solo stuff. Um, but he came out with an album back in, I want to say it was 2019, 2020 called No Dream. Um, and it's, you know, more harder um, punk rock, pop, pop punk type of stuff. I, I hate using the term pop punk because it has this like connotation to it, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, more underground type of punk stuff. You're not going to do the street oi stuff, but, you know, it's good. Yeah. Um, and then for uh, April Fool's Day of, uh, I think it was 2021. I'm going to look this up right now just so I know what the fuck I'm talking about um yeah so so no dream came out in uh 2019 ska dream came out in 2020 uh 2021 sorry um let me restart this no dream came out in 2020 ska dream came out in 2021 um and it was kind of a april fool's day joke that he had had and it's the same album only they're all ska covers they're all ska songs and ska versions and so back in december um, when everything started reopening, finally, you know, bands were back on tour. Um, he played this Ska Dream uh, set at the Great American Music Hall. My buddy Jesse, who I was talking about earlier, got me a ticket mm-hmm. to that. He did two nights. He did one of just the No oh, Dream nice. and then one of the Ska Dream. And he had had um, Jer and some of the other bigger Ska people, like up and coming Ska people, play with him. And that was it was amazing. It was, a, it was such a rad show. And I was like, 
kind of getting back into ska myself recently it, it's on um it's on the upturn again i'm gonna say like people are talking about it people on the internet mm-hmm. are really into it um aaron Carnes from uh he's a, a local uh bay area journalist he was also the music editor was the music editor for the good times he wrote a book um called in defense of ska and he's been a lifetime ska fan and it just kind of all like coincided and so there's this huge like ska revolution happening now again too and and people are really really digging it again which is great because you know that's interesting for the longest time it was a joke and it was such a bummer because like that was another genre that i grew up listening to and my friends and i had a fictitious ska band in high school called fingernails (laughs) in my armpit and we it was ska and gothic music and we came up with like a logo and everything and we tried actually like practicing and doing a couple shows and nothing ever really came of it and we totally sucked (laughs) but we'd always go around and tell people like check out fingernails in my armpit it's gothic it's gothic and, uh, you know, I think we're still talking about maybe bringing it back one day just as like a, a fun online joke. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, it's I I've happened to like, I mean, I think Warp Tour is a great place for or was a great place for you to just discover stuff like that. Like I got to see Streetlight Manifesto. I got to see like Real Big Fish. Oh, totally. Got to see Less Than Jake. Got to see like these bands that are just like I would never that just weren't on my radar, you know, like weren't like stuff. I was like actively going out of my way to check out, but I did after the fact, like I would just be walking and I'm like, yo, what's happening on that state? Like it, it was just so cool to just walk around and there's just like eight bands playing at once. Yeah. And you can just see like all these different, like, you know, all these different throughout the day, you just got to see everybody. And like, I think Scott music is a, that's the reason that I think it's even a part of, my life now or why I have like uh some sort of like you know like can put it on and like vibes because it's just like I got to see I got to see it like be you know played yeah. and like enjoyed and stuff and that's the thing is you have to go and see it like because you know you put on a, a record or an album and like I can understand how people will listen to that on the cd or in the car and be like what the hell is this you know like i this this is not for me but then if you go Mm -hmm. see a ska show like i defy you not to have a good time you know like if you don't you you don't have any soul and you're already fucking lost (laughs) you know what i'm saying like you're gonna have a good time you gotta dance you gotta enjoy and then once you do that once you see a good ska band live man like yeah you'll you'll start listening to it and really diving you know into the culture of it for sure and i think it's I think that it's it's like it's like adjacent to to pop punk in a way and then also like adjacent to like I feel like it's it could it could be at like a there's so many shows that could just like have a ska band and it would work yeah like I, I don't know it just like feels like it's so it just like touches all these different genres at the same time totally kind of. yeah and there's actually a really great ska band um, based out of San Jose called uh, La Maldita Cruda and they are uh, Latin ska, and they'll, they'll sing in English and in Spanish, uh, mainly in Spanish. But if I remember, there's like one or two songs maybe in English as well. But like, dude, they're like eight, ten piece band. Amazing. We've had them at the Blue Lagoon a couple of different times and just so sick. And they're all great nice. musicians, too. Um, they actually oh, yeah. just played Sofa Fest uh, over, I think, the weekend over in San Jose. So, yeah, check them out. La Maldita Cruda. Okay. Hell yeah, dude um where can like where should people go to like you know all the things that you've mentioned all the things that we've talked about like where can they go online you know and follow kind of these things that you're doing so they can continue like you know to stay updated and stuff so this is where i would plug my website um but i don't have it finished yet so (laughs) it's been a, a work in progress over the years um the the handle is a weird journalism dot com w-e-i-r-d journalism.com but again it's kind of still being uh worked on at the moment but people can check out um i've got tales of the weird on instagram that's like kind of my more personal account uh but sometimes i'll post other things on there as well there's uh at weird underscore journalism on instagram as well that's like usually a lot more of my um written work you know anything that's coming out in the good times coming out on vent santa cruz um things that, you know, shows that I'll go to or shows that even that I just work, I'll post, uh, you know, clips of whatever band. And then I try to link it to my YouTube as well. 
uh, which is Tales of the Weird uh, on YouTube. And there's a lot more like full videos on that thing about, um, you know, any show that I've worked or, or been around. I'm trying to get more like full songs on there so people can check out like a whole song by whatever artist instead of just, you know, a couple of seconds oh, nice. or something. I've got um, the last time Scowl played uh, the Catalyst a couple of weeks back, I actually recorded the, the full Scowl set, which is a great thing about hardcore is because like, an entire set's like 15 17 minutes you know so like yeah it's easy to record that (laughs) um and uh yeah they can also check out streetlight records um on instagram at streetlight records at streetlight records santa cruz all one word um i also do the instagram for the blue lagoon which is blue lagoon sc um so they you know those are all just various things that people can check out and uh see what is coming up what's happening uh the you know the catalyst website um any of these venues websites are always good uh Pinup Presents. Um, Pinup Presents is a local uh, promotion company that does um, hardcore. They do metal. They do punk shows. Um, they usually will team up with like the Hard Times as well. So Hard Times shows is another really big one here in the Bay Area and all throughout uh, California too. They, they've been doing a lot of good stuff. Um, check out the Vets Hall too. Keep an eye on the Vets Hall. Um, I've been talking with some people and they're really like starting to, to beef up shows at the vets hall and uh this okay. next year there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out of there but it's a great venue yeah. too it feels it feels cool to be throwing down in what looks like a like a, you're supposed to be at an assembly in <laughs> elementary school right and you're just like <laughs> just two stepping in there <laughs> but, and, it, and it has such like a great history too you know i mean like bands like blast have played the the vets hall uh actually I don't, maybe not blast, but uh, Dusted Angel played it. Um, Rancid, I believe, has played the Vets Hall. Um, Green Day has played the Vets Hall back when they were like, young and just starting out. Um, oh, wow. Good riddance. AFI has played the Vets Hall. Um, in fact, before I even moved to Santa Cruz, back in... Oh, this must have been like, yeah, 2000, 2001, 2002, I think it was actually. The summer of 2002, before um, I went to college. Um, before I even knew I was accepted at the UC, if I remember. Um uh, my high school girlfriend and I at the time were really into the Stillers, and they were going on a tour with it was the Transplants and uh, the Sacramento um, Oi punk band called Pressure Point, and we followed them on every single date in California. Went to every single show, oh, and wow, uh, that's awesome. yeah, went to the, the Vets Hall, and that's where we saw them play. And it was my first time being in Santa Cruz and checking it out. And um, I recently found pictures from that that show, and it's really wild too because like I posted the pictures online, and you know friends were like, "Oh, I was at." that show people that i had no idea about at the time that you know i've known now for years wow which is that's, super cool. that's wild yeah you know yeah. and like i think um, one person even was like yeah you can kind of see me in the crowd on this one picture and um it's also really neat because uh that's around the time that um andy granelli started drumming for them it was like right around the the sing sing death house album when that second album came out and uh before that he was um andy nerve agent um of the nerve agents and he had made this like huge decision because he helped start the nerve agents and it was it was really tough for him to, to really leave that band but he did and uh you know i remember like meeting him obviously and hanging out and talking about just how cool it is to be in the punk and metal scene like you know here i am like 17 18 years old you know and we're just following this band around that we love and like they were so cool mm-hmm. and welcoming and i remember one show um in hollywood we did we didn't have tickets for it was sold out and uh, the bassist Ryan was like, "Hey, like you guys have been following this whole time. Like, no, no, I'll get you on the list. I'll get you on the list. Like, that's cool. You know, we're just like, oh shit, like we're getting into the show yeah. for free. Um, <laughs> but anyways, now long story short, Andy's playing with Seized Up, this uh, great local kind of like super group hardcore band. And um, I've I've worked with him and I've helped him get shows. And I'm you know, like he'll hit me up and be like, hey dude, like you know, what do you think about this idea? And I'm like, holy shit, like." 18 year old me is freaking out right now you know like it's amazing yeah. that like i was able to <laughs> um just be a part of all of this and and that's the other thing is like i'm i'm just really grateful and i want to say that you know i'm really grateful for everybody who's helped me out along the way and that's another reason why i love doing this sort of thing is because like i want to see people come up i want to see people enjoy themselves and enjoy their lives and you know get the recognition that they deserve and um it's you know there's always something cool out there man like for people that that say that uh you know the scene is dead or this sucks or that sucks like it's you're putting that energy out there and it it takes yeah the same amount of energy if not more to be negative and shoot shit down instead of going out there and trying to find what's cool and what's happening because there's always something new and interesting and you just gotta like tweak your vision a little bit you know take off the the dark glasses and put on you know the rosy colored ones or just you know the fucking purple ones or something you know just 
change your vision and outlook on life and like things started happening and opening up yeah and there's so much happening in your community like wherever wherever you are really you know like uh whoever's listening like seriously there's so much happening like in salinas even yeah. like the the hip-hop scene in salinas like the 831 like i wasn't aware of that until i started doing uh my comedy show here and they had a hip-hop night the same night and then it, like so many people were coming down to the basement the xl being like is this the hip-hop night and i'm like no and this is com i'm like dang like they're they pull a, a crowd you know like it was cool to see that many people were coming out town in general just for them and then like they came through and i got to meet a bunch of these guys that um, you know, have like this whole scene that I wasn't aware of. And then, you know, besides that, there's just like, uh, uh, you know, another like open mic music scene down here that I meet a bunch of people at. And just like you're saying too, there's always, it's always something, always like stuff going on. If you, if you go out there and you take the, take the glass off, like you said, yeah. you just go and meet people and talk, you find stuff. And that, you know, and it's sometimes it's hard to as well. Like, you know, as, extroverted as i can be i'm also very much an introvert and like i you know if i go to places like sometimes i'm just like oh like i don't know anybody here i'm not going to talk to anybody like uh you know i, I don't want to come off like a weirdo or anything right like you know i, I get really self-conscious but um when I, I allow myself to just take a pause and get myself out of that comfort zone and reach out and start talking to people you start making those connections and that's how any sort of scene whether it be comedy or music or art whatever that's how that really blossoms and builds and grows you know and that's what's needed and um it's it's an important thing to do i think you know and it's hard it's a hard thing to do but it's necessary and i think yeah you know nine times out of ten you end up having a better time as well at least i do because i'm like oh like what was i afraid of you know what was i so worried about why was i so self-conscious like people are mm -hmm. here for the same reason that i'm here you know like we have a lot more in common than we do differences yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yeah well dude um this is awesome man uh thank you for Thank you for sitting down and, and taking the time to do this today. And uh, I appreciate it. And I'll, I'm sure I'll see you. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you soon at the, at the blue lagoon. Yeah. Everybody come on out, check out the blue lagoon Tuesday nights, free comedy, eight to 10 PM. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always a great set of comedians, always a great set of locals. And there's always like a really awesome headliner too. You know, like you guys really yeah. curate that quite well. And it's, well, that is it's a good night. That is uh that is Jorge Sanchez. He is, you know, he is a great, um, a great booker and a great like you know he he he's taught me some things you know about doing about running shows and 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 treating people and stuff and so you know he's somebody that i i kind of have you know looked up to and 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 appreciate you know having around and the team at the the team of people that help run that show i feel like it's it's just it's just been getting better and better like the the past few weeks like the crowds at the blue lagoon have been getting bigger and bigger like last night was like really fun and there was a bunch of people all the way until the end and yeah it was a good time it was cool too because i was listening um to your interview with dna that happened a, a couple months back and uh, it was really great hearing you guys talk about uh the blue and like all the years that he's curated it you know and then i'd actually honestly forgotten about the um original uh host the, the original people that started it and uh just hearing the the stories about them i was like oh yeah that's right like I remember that. I remember watching the host like have a seizure at one point on stage and they had to like get her off. And it was, I think it was like one of my Damn. first time seeing the, the open mic. I was like, what is going on? You know? And, and <laughs> it was just, it was really interesting hearing the stories again and then hearing about um, how he mentions like, you know, it always changing. It's always changing at the blue. And um, you know, whether that's because people are leaving town or they're uh, you know, students that have come and gone or, you know, some people, some people end up getting pretty big, you know, some people are, are doing all right yeah. for themselves in the comedy world that, that started out in that room, but it really is like a magical kind of like space and place. And, uh, you know, we also have, um, drink specials now that we're doing, uh, Jorge and I are yeah. working for monthly drink specials. So coming up in May, we got May, uh, my time may. So it's going to be doing my ties. Um, I haven't quite figured out the exact, uh, price yet, but usually the drink specials run anywhere from like five to seven bucks. So like, you know, you don't have a lot of money. You can see a free comedy show. You can grab, you know, a Mai Tai in May and have a, a you know, a dollar to tip and a couple of bucks a tip out the, uh, the comedians as well, you know, a $10 night right there. Like you can't go wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it goes for a few hours, and you literally never know what's going to happen. Yeah. That's, like, one of my favorite parts about seeing the list of people. It's just, like, you don't know what's going to be talked about. You don't know, like, when there's just going to be, like, a crazy moment or something, like, with an audience member. It's just fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I I appreciate this. Thank you very much. I had a lot of fun. And, yeah, anytime you want me on as a guest, hit me up. For sure, man. Will do. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now and head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting There Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>